0: Chris must be having some trouble on the line and I see that the camera pulled back. But uh, uh, we're going to get started tonight in the Word. Amen. And we're going to go uh, be reading it from the book of Matthew, uh, 22nd chapter. are going to read the first 10 verses Matthew 22, 1 through 10. And this is what it reads like. And Jesus answered and spoke to him again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited... See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and with their ways, one to his farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed all those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Father, we come tonight, we thank you, and we praise you for your grace and your mercy. We are praying for those, God, amen, that we have prayed for, Lord, right now, God, for a healing and a touch in their body that you give them that completely and fully. And also, anoint this message tonight, anoint me to deliver the words you have given me for this evening. And we give you the praise and the glory in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say, God bless you, praise the Lord. I want to speak to you tonight for a little bit on the subject titled, The Invited, The Called, The Chosen. The Invitation, The Called, The Chosen. I don't think there's nothing quite like a marriage ceremony. Uh, it, they are some of the best and joyful times that we can have in this life, and people some people really get involved uh, with the marriage ceremonies. Um, Jesus gave a parable here in the book of matthew and he gave this parable of this king who was arranging a marriage for his son. And we have all heard this scripture and uh, heard it talked upon and expanded upon a whole lot. But to really fully understand and get everything out of the parable that Jesus said, we've got to forget about how it is in our day-to-day. We got to go back over 2,000 years. We got to go to a different society and a different time and different customs. They did not do things like we do at all, completely different. And um, I've got a brief introduction that I want to talk about the Jewish ceremony. Wedding ceremony back in that day. I um, uh, stole some of Sister Darlene's notes. She um, she did some research on this a long time ago, I believe, for a ladies' day, if I'm not mistaken. One uh, for the one of the themes for one of the ladies' day, I believe, and she uh, found a lot of material and. Um, I had taken some of it and had it, um, and so I'm, I want to share some things with you about the Jewish wedding ceremony. In Jewish society, the parents of the betrothed, now, and let me stop right here, there's a difference in an engagement and a betrothal. Amen. That's the first thing we gotta understand. People usually get engaged nowadays. But there is a even though there's a there's a similar similarity, it's a big difference in somebody getting engaged today and somebody being betrothed. Amen. Uh, the parents would draw draw up a marriage contract uh, for the two that are getting married. The bride and groom would meet, and a lot of times that meeting was for for the very first time. Amen. That meeting was uh, a lot of times for the very first time because parents arranged the weddings. Amen. Back in those days, and in many countries in the Middle East still today, the fathers set up who the daughters are going to marry. And um, that's that's the center of what the betrothal was all about. And when the uh, bride-to-be and the groom-to-be would meet, that marriage contract that is drawn up would be signed. Now, the couple was considered actually married at that very point. I mean, if you to get out of a marriage betrothal, I mean, you would have to get a right of divorcement just to get out of that by Jewish custom and law. I mean, by, by all uh, uh, purposes and standards, once that contract was signed, the couple was considered married, but they would stay separate until the actual time of the ceremony. Amen. They would have that meeting together. The contract would be signed. They were betrothed uh, uh, to one another, and they were considered married until the time of the ceremony, the bride would remain with her parents, and the groom would go off and leave to prepare their home. Amen. There's a beauty in this, and it's more a teaching lesson really than a preaching lesson, but get a hold of this. If if it's been a long time since you have heard this, Listen to it, and, and, and we, we're going to see something beautiful here between Christ and his church, which is his bride. Okay, the groom would go off to prepare their home. Remember what Jesus said in, uh, in the book of John, the 14th chapter, I go to prepare for you a place. Amen. As the groom, Jesus gone away to prepare a blade. And he said, if I go away, what did he say would happen? I'll come again to receive you unto myself. Hallelujah. So the groom would leave and prepare their home. Now, this could take quite a while. Um. But when the home was all ready, the groom would return to get his bride without any notice. He didn't send a text message and say, tell mom and dad, get it ready, I'm on my way. He didn't send an email, He he didn't make a phone call, amen. But when everything was prepared and ready, he would come back. Knew, nobody knew when he was going to come when everything was ready to go. Remember the story of the ten virgins? Amen. Amen. Think about that. Tie all that in together with this. Amen. The marriage ceremony would then take place and the wedding banquet would follow. The wedding banquet, which, which this uh, scripture uh, refers to the wedding banquet was one of the most joyous occasions in Jewish life and could last for up a whole week. I mean they, they could be there for as much as a week in this celebration. Now, in the parable, Jesus compares heaven to a wedding banquet that a banquet that a king prepared for his son. Many people had been invited. But when the time for the banquet came and the table was set, those people invited refused to come. In fact, the king's servants who were sent to make the call to those invited um, were mistreated, and many of them were killed. Amen. How many have followed me along so far? The king was outraged because those who had been invited refused the ready call and sent his army to avenge the death of his servants. He then opened up the wedding banquet to whosoever will. Oh, Lord, glory. Hallelujah. Whosoever will would heed the call. Remember the title of the message, the invitation, the called, the chosen. Hallelujah. There's a difference between all three. How many remember the scripture says many are called, but what? Hallelujah. It's great to have an invitation. It's great to be called and say, hey, you who got the invitation, come on. But I'm telling you what we're striving for tonight is to be part of those that are chosen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not everybody who's been given an invitation is going to make it to the marriage ceremony. Not everybody that has been, been called to say, hey, Heather, they go. you have got to be chosen. Amen. And you have got to be chosen during this betrothal period. You've got to make yourself ready. The bride has made herself ready. Can somebody say hello? Glory to God. Amen. Our oh Lord and Savior. Amen. Has what a way to prepare a place for us. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Amen. And when he comes, that's what we're waiting on right now. But the church needs to be making itself ready because he's coming back after Bride without spots. Without limits Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You've got to be willing to shake off everything that you got like the world if you want to be the chosen. I wasn't expecting that, but I won't charge you no extra. Hallelujah. Like something kind of rained down on me right there. Let me tell you something. Those who have been invited, there are people in the body of Christ that's been invited. Those people invited enjoy the same blessings. And benefits is everybody in the body. There are people from those invited who've gone another step further and been called. And they enjoy the blessings of everybody in the body. But when Gabriel blows that trumpet, Come on, somebody. Remember I told you that for all purposes they were married at the marriage contract? Those who hadn't prepared themselves, those who haven't spent this time while the uh, bridegroom has gone away preparing us a place, shaking himself free of all the world, it's lust, and his habits, you will not hear Gabriel's trumpet when it's blown. Only the chosen. There's only going to be a certain amount of seats at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And those seats are going to be prepared. Anybody ever been to a fancy, uh, fancy? Uh, I call them shindig, where you had these name uh, uh plates, uh, name tags by your plate where you know it little set? I ain't been to many of them, but I've been to a couple of them. Amen. You got to have your name tag sitting there by the place sitting. From the foundation of the world, you see a lot of people get this thing all mixed up. Hallelujah. I'm, ju- I'm, just, go- I'm just following the Holy Ghost right now. Glory. Glory. A lot of people get this thing all mixed up. Amen. And they don't they don't realize. A lot of people think so, well, I had my name put down in Book of Life the day or the night that I repented. Or someone say, I had my name in my life the day I was baptized, or filled with the Holy Ghost. But no. I'm going to tell you something. Swift and tough right now. Just because you have repented, just because you've been baptized in Jesus' name, just because you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, don't mean you've been chosen yet. Hello? The bride hath made herself ready. Let me tell you something. That's how I come, think about this. Joseph and and Mary was betrothed. I might not get this finished tonight because God has given me a whole lot more than what I have planned here. Hallelujah. They were were betrothed. If Mary, think about it now, when when the angel came to her and God The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. That's how it come that Joseph decided to put her away privately. Amen. I mean, he loved her, but he couldn't marry her at first. And because he loved her, he put her away privately to make it a secret thing. Because, number one, if he had brought it out in the open, he knew Mary would have been stoned to death. That was the law. That was the law back then. If he had brought it out in the open, if he had made a big thing about it and says, Oh, no, while, I, while I've been up here away, she didn't got herself pregnant. It couldn't be mine because I've been up there preparing the place. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm, but I, I don't want to see her harmed, but there's no way I can marry her. When you and I... Now here, here's where this preacher gets a little bit straighter to the Word than what you hear some of them tell you. When you repent of your sins, baptize in His name, filled with the Holy Ghost... You have signed a marriage contract. (laughs) Glory to God. That night at that altar, man, I bawled and cried and snotted all over the place. Oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. I live for you, you forgive me. All that's done. But see, if during this betrothal period, remember what Paul said in another scripture. He said, uh, let, me, "Let me try to get the exact the words. I may not be able to get the exact words." He said, "He said he was concerned, is what the word uh, meant, that Satan may have beguiled you like he did Eve." He said, "Because I've espoused you to one, even Christ." Amen. You see, we can't be flirting around with the world and have a contract made out with Jesus. Hey, this ain't popular preaching nowadays. Hallelujah. I'm sad this thing ain't going out over ways. This is, Everybody needs to hear this. Hallelujah. You've got a contract. Well, you signed a contract with the Lord the night you was born again. And God expects us to hold up our end of the deal. Amen. Jesus ain't coming back after a, a harlot. He's coming back after a bride. Yes. And there's a lot of people that's filled with, filled in the churches. They've had an invitation. They've been called. Hallelujah. But they're going to be sadly Disappointed one day when they find out they ain't been chosen. And the reason why they ain't been chosen is because they ain't helped their end of the agreement. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Amen. To lay aside every weight and the sin. We got too many churchgoers today worried about what's a sin and what ain't a sin. There's going to be some things, brother, amen, that's not a sin. It's going to void your contract because the Bible said, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us and run the race. Hallelujah. There's some things in our lives. It may not be exactly a sin that you can call a sin, but it's a weight, meaning it's a hindrance to you. Even if you've got a gift or a calling of God, if you, God, his, he, he's got, he, he pours His grace on us all, and He's long-suffering, and I'm thankful for that. He's, that being long-suffering means He puts up with us a long time. But he also said in his word, his spirit shall not always strive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, I feel the Holy Ghost in this tonight. Mighty God. Hallelujah. We have got to keep our end of the bargain. If we want to transition from the invitation to the called to the chosen. Hallelujah. Now, in breaking down this parable a little bit further, the king in this parable represents the Father, God the Father. And the Son, we understand, who is being honored at the banquet is Jesus Christ, who came to which... mm, He came... Uh, to those who were on, which were the Jews, but it own did not receive him. Mine. You'll find that in John 1 and 11. Israel, listen to this now. Let me tell you what the meat of this is about. Israel was the nation with the invitation. Well, Paul, I'm sorry, but if you wasn't Jew back then, you wasn't invited. Amen. You didn't get the step one. I didn't get the step one. Being good had nothing to do with it. Amen. Hello, somebody. Cornelius was good. He gave alms, paid tithes, prayed to God but he still was lost his last year's Easter egg to Peter come and preach the gospel, and he repented and was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hallelujah. So the king, in this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king, arranged a marriage for his son. The, the king represented, Jesus was talking about the father, the son he was talking about himself, who came to his own, but they received him not. That's what the story says here. He sent, and, and they didn't accept him. They didn't receive it. They rejected the call. Hallelujah. Israel had the invitation to the kingdom, but when the time actually came for the kingdom to appear, they refused to believe it and heed the call To come. Many prophets, including John the Baptist, had been murdered and killed who had prepared the way for Jesus. That's what he was referring to when he said those who went out to call those that were bidden or call those who had been invited to the wedding. I mean, they just, the people who were invited, was so mean they just didn't say no, we won't come. But some of them begin to kill those who were sent to give them the call, and that's what Jesus was telling these folks. That's what He was telling these folks, and there ain't much difference today. The preachers that stand up and tiptoe through the tulips with you. Pat you on the back and and tickle your ear might make you feel good, but they ain't your friend at all. And the ones that are left who still are the servants trying to give the call to the people to get ready. The marriage is set and tell the truth. They're, they're being killed. They're being slaughtered. If not with, with a gun, with a tongue. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And finally, the king's vengeance speaks of the desolation mentioned in the book of Revelation. Let me tell you something, church. God is patient, but he will not tolerate wickedness forever. His judgment will come upon all those who reject his offer of salvation. If we're like the people who rejected that call, sooner or later, judgment is coming to those who reject the offer of salvation. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to live bad. All you've got to do is tell Jesus, No. When he makes a call. That's one reason why we sing that song around here. I love the song. We sung it this morning. My soul says yes. To the Lord. I don't want to never be guilty of telling the Lord no. Hallelujah. Sister Dot Shelton wrote a song. It just come to me. I ain't thought about it in years. She wrote a song. How can I say no to Jesus when he said yes to the cross? My. I'm going to see if I can find them old tapes and get that. that. That was a great song. How can I say no to Jesus when he said yes to the cross? Now listen to this. We need to note that it's not because the invited guests could not come to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Sometimes things happen to you beyond your control. And God, being a just God, He's going to consider that. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a lot of people because of circumstances that can't come always to the house of God, but there's a lot of people that could come that just simply won't come and God will consider that also. you know what I hear a lot i was I was at one of the schools the other day and there was a another uh, Bus driver had gotten out of the bus and walked down there where some of us was was standing, and I just happened to notice um, she had on a uh, short sleeve blouse or whatever, and she had had a had a tattoo put on at some time. It was a tattoo of a cross. Over that cross, and under that cross, she had the words placed, Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. And you get that a lot when you bump up against what some people want to do. Well, only God can judge me. When you're not really judging them, you just tell them what the book says. Amen. And you know what? Stop and think about this for a moment. You, you tell me something that I'm doing wrong, give me scripture and verse. I come back because I don't want to hear what you're saying. Well, only God can judge me. Stop and think about this. If only God can judge you, you going to tell me that don't scare you? Hello? Amen. You mean to tell me that you're standing before God and says, you're judged one day. Don't mess with your mind. Maybe it don't you, but it does me. Sister Sister Edna, my Bible says that if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Oh, God, does anybody feel like you're righteous tonight? Do you feel like you've gotten close enough that you are righteous tonight? Well, the Bible said that the righteous scarcely be saved. This thing is a lot tougher than what's being preached today, even in apostolic churches. Hallelujah. Glory. So these invited guests, it, it had nothing to do with they couldn't come, but they wouldn't come. Everyone had an excuse. And I'm fixing the clothes and I'm going to I'm going to rehearse this back again and do do it again. I might, I might do it from start to finish all over again when I when I know we got the camcorder going. Amen. Hey, because this is a gospel and I'm not ashamed of it. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How tragic. And how indicative of human nature to be offered the blessings of God and to refuse them because you're so caught up with the allurements of carnal desires and the enticement of a godless world? I'm gonna close with that right there. Think about it. Everybody has been invited. The invitation now, is uh, at that time, it was the Jews only. But since Christ came, everybody's got the invitation. Whosoever will, let him come. So everybody's got the invitation. But how tragic and how indicative of our human nature to have been offered the blessings of God but refuse them because we're so caught up with the allurement of our carnal desire and the enticement of this godless world in which we live. Not finish, but stop. Like you're watching your favorite TV show, and right when you're on the edge of your seat, it pops up. Return next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Hallelujah. Continue. Several years ago, the whole country waited all summer to find out who shot (laughs) J.R. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? He's really dead now. (laughs) Let's stand together. Several people already had prayer tonight, but anybody else needs prayer or talk to the Lord? We want to give you an opportunity before we dismiss this service. But let me let me ask you, please, this coming week, think about that. This message, the invitation, the called, and the chosen what we all really are striving for is to be chosen. Hallelujah. I want to be chosen. What about you? I want to be chosen.